The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. The Explorers podcast is sponsored by RM Capital, a provider of specialist, small to mid-cap corporate advisory and boutique wealth management services. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columns for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, as I think we all know, there's an almighty lithium boom underway as revolutions in battery-powered electric vehicles and the storage of renewable energy accelerate us all out of COVID. Spot prices for precursor spodumene concentrates have hit new highs, with the higher pricing starting to flow into contract prices that are now more than double their level of a year ago. Then we have the finished battery materials of lithium hydroxide and lithium carbonate soaring beyond 25,000 US a tonne. The end users, the spodumene converters and the battery makers are scrambling to cover their forward demand. Good luck to them, too. Just the other day, Rio Tinto predicted the current lithium market of 350,000 tonnes of lithium carbonate equivalent will grow to 3 million tonnes by 2030. The only problem with that is that Rio can only see 1 million tonnes of additional new supply and expansions coming forward. So that means we're looking at a 2 million tonne shortfall in supply come 2030. All in all, then, it's a good time to be looking to bring a lithium project into production. That's what we have today with European Lithium. It trades under the code EUR and last traded at 13.5 cents for a market cap of 143 million. Its shares have been on the move in recent times in line with the uh, booming lithium market and the advanced status of its Wolfsburg project in Austria. A definitive feasibility study into the integrated development of Wolfsburg is close at hand. And we've also got some big news today to hand about the acquisition of two lithium uh, deposits in the Ukraine with some real scale about them. All that will uh, make our friends in Europe very happy. The EU is making big spending commitments to developing a secure battery supply chain in support of its decarbonisation efforts. It has even established the European Battery Alliance to encourage the development of a European-centric battery supply chain estimated to have a value of Euro 250 million billion sorry, from 2025. No surprise there, as the last thing the Europeans want is to switch its giant auto industry over to EVs with all the attendant jobs and economic activity only to be reliant on a battery supply chain currently controlled by China. So bring forward European supplies is the catch cry. Obviously, European Lithium, the company, is in the thick of all that with its Austrian and Ukrainian interest. To bring us up to speed on Wolfsburg and the Ukraine and the company's development plans, we have European Lithium's chairman, Tony Sage, with us today. G'day, Tony. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, g'day, Barry. Thanks for having me on today. Great, mate. Now, Tony... I guess uh, we'll start with one thing about the company. It's not a Johnny-come-lately like a lot of lithium stocks out there. It's been active in Austria with Wolfsburg uh, for a long time now. So let's start there. Give us a snapshot history of the project and what you were, what attracted the company to the project initially. All right. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Look, uh, this project has been around since 1983. 
when the Austrian government uh, was looking for another mineral and they ended up finding uh, lithium. Uh, but <laughs> lithium back then, though, no, no sense of the impending EV boom and batteries. So it was used mainly in high-end ceramics. So what the, uh, as governments do, they go bull at a gate and they built a mine. They actually physically built the mine from very, very few drill holes, but they managed to find the seam quite well. And uh, I came across the project in 2012, and since 2012, uh, we kept it private initially, and uh, since then, uh, we've put it into the uh, listed vehicle, European Lithium. But uh, even back in 2012, uh, lithium uh, wasn't the flavour of the month. Uh, so we just kept it alive. We kept the mining licence going. We did bits and pieces. The beautiful thing about this mine and why we think we're going to be the very first producer of lithium hydroxide in Europe is the mine is built. The mining licence is issued and not many other uh, projects in Europe uh, can, can say that. But what we were able to do in 2017 was uh, mine 1,500 tonnes of material. So we opened the mine, we got our mining permits, and we mined 1,500 tonnes. What we were able to do with that 1,500 tonnes is what we believe is our biggest advantage than any other player in Europe. We got 300 uh, tonnes of that material. We gave it to Dorfner Anzaplan, one of the leading metallurgists uh, yeah. in Europe, and they built a pilot plant. For seven months, that pilot plant operated and we managed to come up with a fantastic uh, hydroxide material, uh, very high grade. Uh, so we, when a lot of these, it, it, lithium is very technical. It's uh, Each deposit is different, so it needs a different sort of uh, uh, chemical reaction to get the best uh, extraction of the material. Mm -hmm. So what, by, using a, by developing the pilot plant and putting the tonnes through, uh, we were able to come up with this resource. So when we are ready for the build, we know exactly the uh, dimensions, the specifications and the uh, of the plant, the hydroxide plant that's going to be built. Most of the other players uh, rely heavily upon core material or soil samples or rocks, uh, and all their testing is done in the laboratory. So it's not a full-scale pilot plant like the advantage that we had uh, with our Wolfsburg uh, project. So that's huge advantage to us. Pilot plant was built. It's been dismantled now because we've got all the uh, material uh, uh, evidence that we needed to, to produce the hydroxide. Uh, one small drawback from the um, uh, early mine that the Austrian government built was uh, the lack of drill holes. Yeah. So our deposit really showed 6 million tonnes of a Jork compliant resource so we've been waiting since to, to COVID to finish. Our drillers finally hit uh, Wolfsburg in uh, March of this year. They finished their drilling in September, uh, and we expect the company's uh, resource to more than double or at least double uh, in the next few weeks. So all the samples went off to uh, Ireland uh, at the assay lab, and SRK now are building up the new Jork model. So... If you compare our uh, market cap to some others uh, who've got similar tonnages, like Core, for example, uh, they're about a $600 million market cap. Uh, they're showing between uh, 10 and 11 million tonnes. We can only show officially six, but uh, within a week or two uh, from today, uh, we'll be able to increase that resource to between nine and a half and 12, we hope. Uh, we're not doing the testing, obviously. We mm -hmm. just have to wait for those results. So that'll put us in another 
stratosphere really uh, in our market cap and acceptance that our resource is not just a tiny one-off small resource. Now that's only the drilling that we've done. There's another side of the the, the hill uh, that we believe the resource um, extends to. We put yeah. two drill holes back in there in 2016 and we've hit mineralization. We can't do any resource estimates or anything because it was only two holes. But in about 18 months, two years, we'll come back to that resource and obviously increase the size of our Wolfsburg deposit. So very, very good news that uh, we were able to mine. Uh, very good news that we've got our mining license already approved. Uh, all the environmental uh, licenses were approved to take out the 1,500 tonnes. We don't expect any difficulty uh, reapplying for those environmental permits. Uh, so everything is on track for us to finalise the definitive feasibility study on that deposit uh, in March and then go for the financing of the uh, hydroxide and concentration plant. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the DFS hasn't is uh, still in the works, but are you able to give us a, a scope it out for us in terms of production potential, uh, potential timing, likely mm-hmm. cost? Yes. Uh, so I'll go refer back to the, the pre-feasibility study, which was mm-hmm. also done by DRA, so very independent of our, ourselves. So we expect to produce between sixty and 70,000 uh, tonnes of concentrate. That'll turn into roughly between ten and 11,000 tonnes of hydroxide. The current pricing on our cost in our PFS was about $6,500 a tonne. Mm-hmm. Um, however, with the extra um, metallurgical work that we've got currently going on. There's three byproducts, felspar, quartz and mica. And if those are successfully extracted in the um, pilot plant process, we will shave about $1,500 off that cost of six and a half. But as you said earlier on in your uh, intro, uh, we've seen hydroxide prices go from about 7,000 five or six months ago to close to 21,000 right now. And with the supply demand situation that you pointed out, we could be looking at twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars a ton for hydroxide. So our cost, even at this high six and a half thousand, is still going to be extremely uh, profitable. Timing, we expect the DFS, as you know, to finish at the end of March. It'll probably take us a good two or three months to get the financing uh, in place. And construction phase will take roughly 18 months. So we hope uh, to be in production for that very, very severe shortage in around early 2024. Wow, okay. Um, which could well make you one of the first significant lithium producers in Europe. Correct, yes. And that's, mm. that's been our catch for and we, we can't see any of our competitors in Europe uh, matching uh, ourselves, mainly because of the advantage that we've got in the mine being already built. I can tell you hand on heart right now that if we just found this deposit right now as a raw deposit, probably take us 10 years to get yeah. all the approvals, especially removing millions and millions of tonnes of, uh, of earth uh, out of the hill, uh, which sits uh, on top of that, our hill sits a um, ski field and we have very good relationships with the ski fields. You cannot even see our mine opening from virtually every angle uh, from the ski resort. So... Uh, uh, in winter, most of our staff and uh, visitors will be able to have a good time skiing. Mm. Um, and when we talk about ski, is it a, a well-known ski field, or are we just talking about an average? No, it's not a well-known one. It's uh, yeah, it's it's one of the smaller ones. It's only a a, a hillside, but it's it's still very popular amongst the locals. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so there'll be no impact because we're talking underground operation here. Yeah? Correct. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. no impact. We've been there with even our drill rigs, which have been running right through uh, uh, winter a couple of years ago, didn't uh, didn't have any impact on the ski field. Right. Excellent. Uh, now, selling uh, lithium is not like selling gold. Of course, it's uh, you have to have contracts or. So- well, there is a developing spot market, it seems. Um, what, have you advanced or sounded out potential off-takers at this stage? Within 500 kilometres of our deposit uh, sits um, uh, Mercedes, uh, BMW, uh, VW. Um, so, look, uh, we've had talks with all three. Um, unfortunately, we didn't come to any agreement because the way that the European car manufacturers work is they work out what your... Um, profit margin should be, and then they put in an order. So if you're building uh, knobs or uh, uh, window frames or something, they'll tell you how much they're going to pay for it. Uh, It doesn't quite work like that with uh, hydroxide, we told them. Um, So, look, uh, we're having uh, robust discussions as we go. But I think, uh, Barry, and I think for for the listeners out there, not having a partner now is a huge advantage to us. Spot prices are going up. There's auctions going on. We will be able to come up with a very, very good product by beginning of 2024. And I think once the DFS is complete, uh, we will re-engage with uh, the car manufacturers and certain other parties that have uh, come forward. We could have sold our offtake three or four times over to Chinese interests mm-hmm. over the last two or three years. Uh, the Austrian government, the local Corinthian government, uh, absolutely do not want us to sell concentrate to China and buy it back as a hydroxide or a carbonate back into Europe. They want mm-hmm. downstream. They're very, very determined. So they've dissuaded us from signing. And we would have got a, a quick sugar hit, uh, Barry, back then. But right now, everyone is scrambling for a decent size uh, production of hydroxide. And I think by the time our DFS comes up in uh, five, four or five months, we will be in a very perfect position to go to a major uh, uh, buyer and say, right, we now need X amount of dollars uh, to build the um, uh, concentrator and the uh, hydroxide plant. Do you want to be our partners for the offtake? Or we just go to uh, the market. Uh, Absolutely, um, there's so much demand from the traders of this world, like the Glencores, the Nobles, et cetera, Mm. to quickly take our ore. But I'm pretty sure after our DFS is done, we'll be in a very strong position. Then we will look for an offtake partner. Okay, so more than 10 years in the making, but ends up being sweetly timed. How good's that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, now some real excitement around this is uh, two deposits in the Ukraine you've picked up. Um, game-changing stuff for the company? Absolutely game-changing. Look, uh, th- these deposits have been well known to virtually every uh, geologist uh, and every person interested in the EV market. We're very lucky. Uh, We had to strike up a very good relationship with the current owners and the negotiations have, and it's been surprised we've kept them so secret. They've been going on for at least four months. uh, And we finally came to uh, an agreement last night only. So we can announce it to the the world that we've picked up two major deposits of uh, lithium, uh, some 113 uh, million tons. So let's put that in perspective. Currently, now we sit at six million tons. We think we're going to go to about uh, ten or eleven uh, in the next uh, two or three weeks with our resource upgrade. So this completely this makes it 
probably while that eight, nine times bigger uh, of a resource. There is uh, always uh, a devil in the detail. The drilling work has been done um, historically by uh, Russian interests. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got all the mapping and everything like that, but we will have to twin hole. Uh, So this deposit will probably need to be twin holed. We estimate that will take six months and about $5 million. But attached to this um, uh, investment is the vendors are taking a placement in European lithium. What we don't want to do, Barry, is uh, our priority has always been Wolfsburg, and it is Wolfsburg, so we don't want to use any of the funds that's already earmarked to complete the DFS to be diverted to a drilling program. We made that very clear early on to the vendors of the Ukrainian assets. So they uh, are going to put in upfront $5 million uh, in two tranches, uh, two and a half uh, immediately and two and a half as soon as shareholders can approve the deal uh, at our AGM. So uh, that's $5 million uh, coming straight back into the company and we estimate that that will um, uh, probably take about six months to complete that drilling work to finalise uh, a joint compliant 113 million tonnes instead of right now. It's just a resource uh, estimated by um, uh, Eastern European um, ways that, that they do it. But our geologists have been on site, seen the core, seen everything, and they are 100% confident that uh, that number is actually conservative. But uh, time will tell. But it's a game changer for European lithium. Okay. Uh, uh, given the confidence, uh, early stage confidence in the Ukrainian project, um, what's the group's market cap looking like, say, compared with some of the other de- developers out there on the ASX? Yeah, well, look, uh, just down the road from us um, in Slovenia is a company called European Metals. I think they're about $250 million. Um, mm-hmm. Then you've got Core. Uh, they're sitting at $600 million. Uh, Then you go to even bigger than that, uh, Vulcan. Uh, they're about one and a half billion uh, market cap, and then you go to Lion Town, which is about three and a half billion market cap. Mm. Now, most of those haven't got anywhere near the size uh, of the Ukrainian assets, other than probably Lion Town. So, it, look, it is uh, it is a massive uh, change for us as well. Uh, we uh, we were just going to be, uh, if you look, some people call it a one trick pony, just with with one deposit and a relatively small one. Um, but even with the re- uh, relatively size, even when we g- get to 10 million, it's still an 18 year mine life. So that was very good. But mm. it's now puts us into a completely different uh, category. And uh, once those first drill holes come in and they match the existing uh, results from the uh, previous drilling, I think the market will really take off and recognize. And I think the market will see the because they are well known deposits in the world uh, for lithium. So yeah. I think uh, I think it's a game changer for us, and our our share price should uh, react hopefully very positively uh, over the next two or three weeks. Okay. Now, Europe, a uh, wonderful place to visit. Some would say to live too. But I'm just wondering, as a mining destination, we hear stories about uh, you know parts of Spain people having difficulty getting projects up. Uh, Greece, Turkey. Uh, I was just wondering, Austria and Ukraine, where would you slot them in? Uh, let's go to Austria first because we've got uh, now almost 10 years' experience there. Uh, very, very good. We're being pushed not only by the federal government there but by the local government. Uh, in fact, there's two mayors that our deposit straddles and both of them want their hydroxide plant uh, built on their side of the uh, border where the mayoral boundaries sit. 
Uh, it's a low socio-economic area of Austria, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but it's very, very well versed in primary industry. There's big forestry industry there, and there's also a tungsten mine operating some 35 kilometres away. 45 kilometres away is the town of Graz. Graz houses the largest Samsung battery factory in Europe. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is also very fortuitous. And, yes, we've had talks with Samsung, but right now, as I said earlier, we'll leave that until the DFS is done. So very mining-friendly. It's a mining-friendly country. We've talked to all levels of government. They can't wait uh, till we start. And they also want to attract downstream. So once the hydroxide plant is built, they will put their hand up for any of the big car manufacturers to build a gigafactory close by. And the Ukraine? Ukraine, uh, very, very good. We've uh, already had uh, talks with the local and uh, state governments, obviously very, very poor in country. Uh, so they are very much looking forward to a new industry starting up uh, in the Ukraine being lithium. And look, um, given the logistics and that, uh, you never know, there might be a hydroxide plant uh, built there. I don't think in the short term that ore would be uh, easily trucked or trained to our hydroxide plant in uh, in Austria. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think uh, a, a new industry uh, floating up uh, in Ukraine is in the best interest of the country and they are very, very keen for us to get going as quickly as possible. Uh, I've never been in a country that's been so keen uh, and you can imagine that because they are the poorer cousins of uh, of uh, Russia, et cetera, et cetera, that uh, uh, operate around in and around that area. Mm, okay. And Europe itself, I, I touched earlier about the European Battery Alliance and just how as a block uh, in the UK as well, um, doing everything they can to encourage more gigafactories, the mines uh, or converters to uh, take the spodumene and, uh, you know, get cracking because apart from anything else, I think for a, a brief time last year, Europe was actually selling more EVs than uh, China. So it's game on there. Yeah, look, uh, Barry, everyone knows what China's like. I mean, they've stopped the world's supply of rare earths coming out. So Europe's now made lithium, cobalt and a couple of other minerals, critical minerals. Uh, so they want to develop them in Europe for Europeans. And that's why the Austrian governments don't want us to sell the concentrate to China, then rebuy it back. But can you imagine a time where uh, in China, if they're producing 10 to 20 to 30 million cars a year for their own market, how much longer will they uh, uh, stop exporting before they Mm -hmm. stop exporting like they did with rare earths? So the whole world is cognizant of that fact. And unfortunately for now, for the next four or five years, most of the Deposits, even here in Australia, uh, are earmarked for China because they bought the offtakes of most of those junior mining companies and now turned into uh, quite big companies. Uh, but their offtake deals are still many, many years to run. So being completely independent, being in Europe, being 500 kilometres away from most of our buyers, I think we've got a huge advantage. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Okay, Tony, uh, let's just wrap it up. What should investors look out for in the lead-up to Christmas? The, the announcement on the Ukrainian deposits is huge, but more yeah. importantly for us is the priority remains to get uh, our Wolfsburg project uh, up and running. So the DFS completion, we'll have some metallurgical results out in December, but uh, we'll have our new resource upgrade coming out in the next couple of weeks. So everyone should watch out for that. 
almost doubling the size of our current resource, doubling and more than doubling the mine life. Right, excellent. Okay, well, thanks for your time today, Tony. Uh, Very interesting story, great news on the Ukraine. So with that, we'll say best of luck with it all and we'll be uh, watching with interest. Thank you very much. Cheers. This episode of the Explorers podcast was sponsored by RM Corporate Finance, an active participant in emerging companies around the globe.